Hey everybody, welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. We are sitting here in studio with a unique, friendly creature that will come and smash your trash. We've got Sasquatch Voice in the studio. I'm super excited to get to them and everything that they're doing in the Baton Rouge and surrounding areas. But before we do that, I want to give a big, wonderful shout out and thank you to the amazing folks that bring you this show each and every week. Falaya Real Estate, Currency Bank, the bank for business owners, Lakeman's Health Center, Horizon Financial Group, and Gage. Without further ado, gentlemen, Peyton and Josh, welcome to the studio. Man. Sasquatch boys. Huh? Yeah, Sasquatch, Sasquatch boys. boys that's it. That's it. You do that really well. Those intros are really good, man. You do a good job with that. That is uh it's not an easy task, man. You make it look really easy. Well, I mean, you saw like the hour beforehand where I was just prepping <laughs> and going through all that, figuring out what I was gonna say. You know, yeah, yeah, there were 20 yeah. cuts before right, this. I get right, it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, but we'll it post the right. bloopers later, yeah. you know. <laughs> that's what that body size mirror is for. You just stand there and just kind of rehearse your stuff beforehand. Absolutely. Look, I do look my makeup touch. Touch-ups, <laughs> my lines, you know. Mama made me mash my... That's that it. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, see, okay. you already know. Yeah, he's got it down. He's got it down. So, I mean, who, who the heck are y'all, man? Who is Sasquatch? Man, we, um, you know, we started this in April of 2022. And Josh and I, we've known each other probably... I'd say what ten it's plus like years, two thousand fourteen or something. We we try mm-hmm. to figure out what year it actually was that we first met, but somewhere around there, two thousand fourteen, thirteen, fifteen. I don't know. One yeah, of those years. So I was telling you, I worked at the church. So I worked at a Healing Place for quite some time, and great church. And I was helping out with the college ministry. And you know, we both kind of had a sports background. I played baseball after high school. He played a lot of baseball at a high school, and then just kind of we had a roommate that I was living with at the time. And he was a good guy, really, really cool guy. And then he had introduced me to him. Bro, through time, like we kind of started hanging out. And then my room. <laughs> you you just, your roommate. It was just one of those time. things where it was like, man, hey, look, we, I'm going to renew the lease, but you cannot renew exactly. the lease. And he, um, so at the time he was working in Fushan. And like I was saying, we we were off on Mondays. So he was off because he would work seven sevens. Seven, yeah. And so then we would, uh, we would do this thing called Athletic Mondays. And we would go play basketball at any gym that would let us go in. We'd go play disc golf. We we're really into disc golf at the time. Anything that we pre-kids, could really do. Pre wife, just wide yeah, pre anything at that point. It's just single men with a life. Oh, just with a life. That's a that's a yeah. key note in that is with a life. <laughs> different life. We love yeah, our life, life now. We, yes. we, right. Yeah, right. no, I love my kids and I love the time that it takes. But <laughs> I. Um, so anyway, you know, we we'd always kind of chatted and we had talked about different things and we were talking about like man, we could start this. We could do this. Uh, let's try it. We look, we, we drove around, looked at houses for a while and thought we were going to get into like real estate investment and different things. And then, um, my little, little context. So my dad is also in this with us. And so to know him, he owns a few stores, um, around Plato's closet, once upon a child style on course. So he, he's done stuff in the franchise world. And he's very private when him and my mom go on vacations. So they don't really. And he he's seen it. He thought I was joking, but like they disappear. Basically, they disappear. They don't tell you where they're going. They're just going. They're I, going. I love that. Dude. <laughs> like they don't tell your like their kids where they're going. No, no, dude. They like they don't share a location just in, in high case school, something happens. No, nope, nope. they're hanging out, man. They uh <laughs> in high school. No joke. I was uh, at least tell you when they go <laughs> like, hey, we're leaving of. Thursday. We'll be back Tuesday. <laughs> exactly right. Okay. So this okay. week he comes in the office and goes, hey, Thursday, I'm taking your mom to Vegas. And I went, OK, they're going to see Adele <laughs> and then they're going to the sphere to go watch YouTube. 
Okay. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, that sounds good. But when I was in high school, at they, least you know where they're going though. Now I know, time, right? But it's three days in advance. And so they, um, anyway, when I was in high school, they left and they let me know a week before. They were gone for a month while I was in high <laughs> You're school. You're in high, how old? Oh, dude, I was a senior. It was a fun okay, so time. You, you could drive though. Oh, yeah. No, it was yeah, great. It was really great drive. for me for them to go for a month. So they went and they did that, but it was their anniversary trip. And I was working at DSLD. He was at Premier South. And all the while, these conversations are happening, right? Like we had been kind of chatting about different things. We'd seen each other kind of go through different little career paths mm-hmm. and different stuff. And we're all just kind of coming back, just whatever, playing golf or something. Just being like, dude, like, what are we going to do? Like, this is this is cool and all. Like we're, we're, I guess, building a career, but like, what are we going to do? Yeah. So y'all always had like an entrepreneurial itch. So I think about that often to say that I have an entrepreneurial itch. I don't know if I've always had one. I think, mm-hmm. um, in a way that kind of found me and this kind of can a little segment on its own thing. We can talk about how the, how we started this, but, um, it's hard for me to say that I always had an entrepreneur itch because I was always just very much just whatever I'm doing, I'm just kind of doing it, doing it well. I'm doing, I'm, I'm giving full intention towards it. Um, but to say that I had this idea that like, I'm just going to go and change. So I'm going to go create something. It, I, I don't know. I don't know if I had that. It was just more of like, we want to do something different. Uh, we didn't know what, we didn't know how. Um, and for me, I guess whenever I had my son, Um, got married, had my son. It was like, okay, no, this is for real. Like we got to do something different. Mm -hmm. Let's do something for our family and kind of set them, set them up, um, and get started now and kind of roll with it. So I think at that point, maybe I can feel confident saying I was more of an entrepreneurial thought process, but I don't know. You might be able to answer it differently. I would say too, like your, with your progression too, it was like, you did work in Fushan. So you were working with a team of people. And then after that, you went and worked for a contractor And then after that, you were doing roofing with Premier. So like you were doing things by yourself. And I think I had worked from the church and then I was with DSLD doing my doing my thing. Right. Like we were selling and then kind of being by yourself, you start realizing, okay, I can create my own schedule. I can do this. I can kind of maintain because I think at first, especially through high school, you're like, okay, I got to do what this person tells me I got to do this. Try to be a good corporate American, whatever. Very rigid. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think when. At this time, like he said, my wife, I think I had just maybe had my kid because my I think my daughter was I've got it. My daughter's about to be three. So at the time she was probably maybe six months. And then he, he has his son and his son's two years now. Right. Mm-hmm. And almost. So we're around the same age as far as kids go. And my dad just he called me. And I remember I was sitting in the model home. I was doing I was just a builder sales rep. So I just sold houses and. My dad calls me and goes, Hey, I got this, got this idea. So, okay. They were looking to move to Montana. They yeah, were looking to get out to get of out. Louisiana. He was not wanting to, I mean, it was just, I think he just kind of got sick. And then when he went to Montana, just saw. He's tired of storms. Yeah. Just tired of everything. And just, I think COVID obviously changed. He's in a retail space. So he had to kind of maneuver a lot during that time. Um, so they were looking at it and for him to call me on an anniversary trip and not just a normal, like it's an anniversary trip and say, Hey, I need you to look at this. I was like, okay, like I'll look at it. It was a franchise and that was the compaction trucks. And I was like, okay, like I could see something here. And I called him. I said, Hey, 
we got this, got this thing, got an opportunity. Let's, let's see. He knew more about dumpsters than I did because he was working. I mean, he had Just to contract dumpsters. World. You had to do, I mean, you were talking to dumpster owners, you were getting dumpsters out on your projects. I was the one jumping in and out of the dumpster trying to compact it so that we didn't have to get a new one. Like yeah. that was been, me. Just, been there, done that a few yeah, times myself. Yeah, exactly. using whatever I could to compact it. So, I mean, kind of had, I, it made sense when they called and they were mm. like, do you want to be part of this opportunity? It's like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, this is cool. Yeah. And so we looked at the franchise, ultimately decided that that probably wasn't the way we wanted to go. There were some things with the truck that we didn't necessarily agree with. We thought that maybe it could, like, wasn't the biggest truck. It it was more of the franchise fees, things like that. So we said, man, let's try to find one on our own because we did agree with the concept and thought the concept was great. Um, so did some research, actually found a guy um, up north and he was selling similar trucks, but the trucks themselves came from Germany. And they had gotten a Kenworth in their town and decided, hey, let's put these together and let's sell them in the American markets. Because this concept for compaction has been going on for over 20 years in Europe. Right. But it's not quite made it to America. The first one that actually came was in 2013 and it was in California. So that's how kind of new. I mean, you're talking about an industry that's it's 11 years. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. And so it was. We knew, so we went up, actually me and him flew up and just a little context with Josh too. We both have friends and we're in a friend group that's pretty tight knit, but whenever it came to like, what do you, who do you want to do business with? He has a lot of intangibles that I don't have. And so it worked and we're learning it now that we get into this. We are polar opposites. <laughs> we just took a, we just took a working genius test that his wife sent to him yeah. and where he's green, I'm red. And where I'm green, he's red. So we are polar opposites on the scale. Green meaning working, uh, oh man, I forgot what it what was. What you get joy Working from. frustration was the red and working genius was the green. Mm -hmm. So I asked him and it was like, I kind of had known when the opportunity was presented that we're going to do this together. Because I don't know how you are, but I... I'm not one of those guys that can just do something by myself. I enjoy company. I'm pretty extroverted in nature. So I want somebody to do something with. I don't, I don't really want to be in business by myself. I feel like I kind of gain more confidence, more when I have somebody with me, especially somebody that I've known for so long. Um, so anyway, while we still had our jobs, we flew up to Baltimore. I took some PTO and I think he did as well. Flew up to Baltimore, uh, saw the trucks and we're like, man, really, really like this and got to go on a route, see all the different customers that they were servicing. And we're like, man, we have all those customers in Baton Rouge and there's nobody like this here. So let's try to, let's see what we can do. Imagine taxiing on a plane, looking toward the end of the runway. It seems so far away. It's even hard to see it. And that's what the concept of retirement probably felt like when you were in your twenties, thirties and forties way far in the distance, not visible, or even a concern. But as you turn 50, something happens. Retirement suddenly seems like something real, something not too far away. In your 50s, you are rolling down the runway. Retirement is getting closer and closer, faster and faster, weeks and months zipping by. But are you even ready for a successful takeoff to retirement? Fear not, there's still runway left. But the time is now. Time to make progress and time to get a plan. The Runway Decade will help you get organized, get energized, and give you the direction you need to take off to your desired retirement. The Runway Decade, building a pre-retirement flight plan in your 50s.
made the decision, ended up driving, flying back up there, one-way ticket, got the trucks. We got a 10-minute training, maybe. <laughs> it was rainy and freezing. Basically like today. And, uh, yeah, there was supposed to be a training thing of, like, literally how to operate the truck and all that stuff. And they're just like, all right, man, like, appreciate you guys. Just, Thanks just for the purchase. Hear the keys. Drive, drive <laughs> on were, down, man. We were yeah. white-knuckled for 16, oh, what was it, 16, 18 hours? Yeah, it was wild. So had y'all ever... Because the truck that you have is not a little truck. It, it's have you all ever driven a vehicle of that size prior? No, sir. I mm -mm. I've had a little bit of experience when okay. I was in Fouchon, but that was like fifteen miles an hour, twenty miles an hour max, maybe. So don't you have to have your CDL license to drive? So something you don't. Like that? That's what's cool about these trucks is that okay. they made it right under that twenty six thousand pound limit. It's where you don't have to have a CDL. Uh, so they threw us the keys. And we were trying it's at the time. Even scarier. Than anybody can yeah, was that there was a winter storm like <laughs> coming wild. across the the states, and so we were trying uh -huh. to dodge that. We had to redirect our path to get back to Baton Rouge, mm. and we are freaking out. I mean, every eighteen wheeler passing by, it looks like we can just reach out and touch it, and we're we're just like this, just locked in for. I mean, the most exhausting trip I think of my life because you're just you're focused, you're locked mm -hmm. in. We're driving through Atlanta in the middle of downtown five o'clock traffic at one point. Like it was, it was wild. crazy, but we made it. We did. And we, we got back it. to Baton Rouge and we got 16 hours behind the wheel. And we we're like, all right, I guess we have our training. Like, let's roll. <laughs> That's <laughs> that just to drive. It. It's not to operate. It. Yeah. No, then we had to well, that out was a whole nother thing. But we, had, yeah. so it was during the time in January, this was January of 2022. So it was right in the middle of that Midwest freeze. So we okay. had to, so we had to come down and hug the coast. So we couldn't even take the shortest route possible. We had to take the longest. <laughs> and when we got the truck, it wasn't, they, they didn't feel, it wasn't full of diesel. Like it was, it was at a quarter of a tank. So, I mean, we get fill this up before we can get on the interstate. We got lost in Washington, D.C. <laughs> trying DC to get trying these to find trucks. A, a diesel, uh, yes, like most in Washington, D.C., there's not a lot of diesel. Yeah, there's, there's like yeah. no no diesel pumps in and, I mean, we're just you a big just old truck. on the outside. And, yeah, I wish we, we would have known yeah. that. Now. We, yeah, I <laughs> wish we would have known that because we got stuck in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic first hour of having these trucks, and we were we had no idea what we were doing. Um, but those are at least automatics, though, right? They yeah, are yeah, automatics. Okay, yeah, that okay. was a benefit. Oh, yeah. If it was a manual, we would helpful. still be there. Y'all still be driving back. <laughs> yeah, we'd still be on our hours <laughs> trying to figure out how to operate the truck. Um, so then we brought it back, and, you know, we had had a few different customers kind of through talks while we were – we knew we were going to get the truck, so we were trying to just – Let's say y'all are people. calling people on the way back. Hey, we, Basically. we hey, just picked up this truck. And we're in interested. I'm coming. <laughs> we would love to talk with you. So we spent the first, because I think when we got the trucks in January, I didn't leave my job until March. And then he didn't leave until April. So those months, it was really those weekends that we were off. I was, I, we didn't have off on weekends because I was selling. So it was mo mostly Thursdays and Fridays. And I would go out in the trucks and we would try to hit anybody's dumpster. And we really weren't charging at that time. It was just, let me figure out how to do this. Some and pros and cons of uh, what we quickly learned, the difference between a franchise and going independent is... Uh, you don't get no training. You have nothing. Ooh. You have no packet. You have no marketing well, you package. Got YouTube. You, got. you have YouTube. But not really, because there wasn't anybody. It's such a new concept that there really, there was nothing out there like, this is how you operate this pack mat machine like do this do this mm -hmm. this is how you roll inside in a dumpster to get the maximum efficiency like there was 
there wasn't anything like that. So, well, so now all I hear is video content for y'all to hey, make. We're uh, marketing. Dude, it's on the it's on the list. It's yeah. on the list. <laughs> we're we're going to chat with you after this to talk through how we get this stuff done. We'll have you on tech, our podcast. Love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a um, but the podcast has to be done in the truck or sitting in the chair operating. Cool. It. it would be great as long as dot uh, dotd doesn't our dot doesn't see us. That would yeah, be awesome because right now we have to talk on headphones or else we get pulled over. <laughs> uh, so it's but. Anyway, we, we figured out how to run the trucks. And like he said, even on YouTube, it was really a guy like this dumpster's full. Look at it now. It's not full. Oh, just before. And there after, were no yeah. numbers. Mm-hmm. There was no data points. So no every price that, point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, nothing. nothing. I mean, so y'all had no idea like what to even We had charge. a general idea because the pro forma, like we had a general idea. We talked to a couple of different, um, uh, his dad is buddies with a, with a competitor in a different state and we mm-hmm. talked with them and he kind of gave us a little bit i don't think he really gave us everything mm-hmm. but we had general ideas and we basically just took that and applied it and just started going at it we figured out the best way to operate this thing how to efficiently smash it what's the best price point we've had to adjust so much i mean we're, we're not even two years old make two years in april mm-hmm. the price points have adjusted the the schedule i mean everything has just everything. been constantly just tweaking and tweaking and um it's good and bad, right? I mean, the positive of that is like we're lear- we are literally in it, learning it. We're not mm-hmm. taking somebody else's package and just kind of throwing it in our market to hope it works. Like we're everything is catered towards our customers, our market, because we've had to figure it out with them. They've helped us figure it out in a way. Like it's it's been a cool thing in that sense. But um, yeah, definitely don't have the the startup package that a franchise would normally offer you. Right. But and so we did the answer the question: Who is Sasquatch? Oh, yeah, we started was, off. <laughs> See how these how podcasts go in? and how the <laughs> rabbit holes can get in. Um, so we started off as Smasher Waste, and I had a buddy of mine actually from the church. He was a graphics guy, and he gave me the first the first graphics. Yeah, and um, I hope he doesn't get upset with me saying this, but he definitely copped it <laughs> off of the Apple News logo. Like, all right. It, I'll show you the logos after this. You'll see the similarities. And if they're if they're listening to it now, they'll look at it and see exactly what it was because it was identical. But instead of an N, it was an S. Um, And so we liked it. And kind of as we got a year into it, we were like, man, everybody in this space, you can do way you can do waste haulers and you can do waste compaction. It's like their service explains what they do in every marketing class I've ever heard of or taken has been that's probably not the best thing to do you would like to have something that's unique to who you are and not necessarily describing what it is that you do in your name right right for context there's like what 60 other independent guys like us now Mm -hmm. at this point throughout the states oh yeah Um, like throughout louisiana or throughout the country country. Mm -hmm. Um, and then not not including the franchises different things like that but i would say every state's covered as far as it comes to compaction at this point so similar names, but everybody's just kind of, you know, smash this, crush that, you know, uh, junk. Yeah, it's it's, it's not really similar. like a popping name. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. Waste Smasher. Like, mm-hmm. okay. The idea behind Smasher was like we wanted to kind of be similar to like Uber and everything. It becomes like a noun. Like, hey, call Uber, call, you know, Amazon it, Google it, mm-hmm. like Smasher, Smasher it, call the Smasher guys. I don't know. It just felt like it was easy. Right. Um, but yeah, we just eventually kind of there was some confusion um there is a competitor in town and we recognized that there was some confusion we had customers kind of calling them thinking that they were us and we that's not great it's not a good mm-hmm. thing um 
it's a long process, but yeah, we it fully was. rebranded and we are, we are Sasquatch waste. Yeah. So little backstory behind that. We really thought, you know, because we do have, we have pretty unique personalities as far as we feel like we kind of give off that we're pretty authentic. Like we don't, Hopefully, we yeah. don't really try to take ourselves too serious. Now, obviously we take our business serious. We do that, but for us normal, we're not going to try to be the big buttoned up guys. We're just who we are. We work you, in trash. We're in you trash. Smash waste. We smash trash. Your business. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> and so that was the biggest thing for us is just trying to find something that we felt like our personalities could be into and kind of give us ownership in a brand. And then that was all the while we figured there was nothing in this, in the marketing space. There were, there weren't a lot of videos. So let's capitalize on this. Let's make a name that pops. And then also let's really do try some to build a brand. Yeah, yeah, let's build a brand. And that's something that we talk. I mean, we you look at our Instagram. It's us sending each other different marketing things yeah. all the time. And so we got with uh, Studio E, the Malaria Enterprise. They did Studio E and Launch Media. Um, and I actually knew one of the guys. His name's Tim Coles. And I was able to get on with them and Taylor Gast. And we sat in the meeting and talked with them about what we wanted and Kind of came up with the idea of Sasquatch and um, just through time, man, it just through different renditions, different edits thing. We found the logo that we liked. They did a really good job. They did a great job. And uh, there were three different pictures. And then the way that our Sasquatch looked at first, it looked like a demon. And we're like, we do not want, but we, we want to be your right. friendly Sasquatch, <laughs> your neighborhood yeah, friendly Sasquatch. Exactly, man. Yeah. That was what we wanted. And we wanted something that was more aligned Nightmares with who we were. Kids. And so they, sh- once we got through about three edits of that logo, we got it. And now it's the one that we have now, which is what's on the hats, what's on the koozies, what's on our trucks. And, uh, we really like it. And we think it has completely changed us. And there's no mistaking now. If you call Sasquatch, it is Sasquatch. It is us. You know who it is when you see the truck. We get it all the time. We see your trucks. What does it do? So long story short, that's who Sasquatch is. <laughs> it is us. It's our personalities. It's that mixed into a brand. And then we also provide a really great service as well. So that's what we do. Welcome to the brand new Falaya mobile app. We took all the same tech that's helped hundreds of people sell their homes themselves and packed it into an easy to use app for your phone. When you download the Falaya mobile app on either the Apple or Android app store, you'll immediately be able to see the power of this game-changing tool. From the seller's dashboard, you can navigate to all the information that you need. We intentionally separated everything into key groups, such as tasks to be completed, buyer leads for your listing, and contact information for everyone involved through closing. When you get an offer on your property, you can simply review and respond all within the app. No matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to monitor everything that's going on with your property from listed to sold. It's truly the power of Falaya in the palm of your hand. Download the app and see for yourself. Falaya, it's real estate reimagined. That was, sorry, <laughs> that, was, that was a long way to get there, but that's it. <laughs> no, I, I, but I, I love any that. other questions. <laughs> I think that was it. That's all we got time yeah, for today. Time to um, no, but I love hearing the backstory about how you got the name and all of that is really to your brand. It's who you are. And to your point, y'all both have little kids and I'm in the same boat as y'all with a two and a 
three month old. Mm -hmm. And so you got to have something that like is there. They can see daddy come home in a shirt and they're not freaked out every time. So having the demon eyes looking at you is probably not the best version. (laughs) Exactly right. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, that was a big deal. That was a big deal for us. So and seeing the truck on Perkins. And now that y'all just got a wrath of our good friends over at Vivid Inc. Yes, love the coloring, yeah. by the way. Thank the you. The website is clean. It's crisp. Thank I you. love it. I like the little details with the hand, with the Sasquatch hand mm-hmm. holding the phone. Yeah. I love all of that. Thank you. What does it actually do? Hmm. That is great. That is probably the number one question we get. Most people are like, man, I've been seeing that truck everywhere. Like, what do y'all do? I thought it was a stump grinder at first. It, it's good. It's a good guess. I mean, should I try to explain the truck like in more yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, explain. visual? And we'll, we'll like put like a little picture of the okay. truck somewhere. So it is a so. it is a mid-sized Kenworth truck with this this uh, machine built onto the back of the of the chassis. And it's a, a three ton barrel. It's got a bunch of like teeth on it, basically. And so what we do is we take the truck. We're a mobile trash compaction service. We drive to your existing open top dumpster it can be 30 yard, 20 yard, 15 yard. Doesn't matter. It has to be open top, though. And back up to it, pick the barrel up, drop it into the dumpster, and we crush or consolidate all the trash that is inside of your existing dumpster. And the whole purpose is if we can compact it, then we can reduce the amount of uh, haul offs that you normally go through. And if we can reduce the haul offs that you go through for a much cheaper price than a new roll off, we save you money. So that's that's it. We smash trash in hopes that we reduce roll off volume and we save you between 20 and 30 percent on whatever your waste budget is basically. So that's our, that's our pitch. And it, um, <laughs> to say a little bit on that, we thought that was going to be, I mean, just such an easy sell. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It sounds super of course. like, do you like, want to save money? Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, you got to build trust, man. Everybody's pitching like we can save you money. We can do this. We can do that. And like, we just get inundated with that all the time that nobody really believes the first, you don't believe it. You got to prove it still. You got to build trust with your customers and show them that like, yeah, we are saving you money. This is how, like, you got to trust mm-hmm. us. This is our service. Like, this is, this is who we are. Um, and it takes a little while to do that. And we're, and we're doing that. We're building that. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of why we've um, had a little bit of more notoriety, I guess, is, is hopefully it's because we've been building that trust with the community. Yeah. But um, yes, we smash trash and we, we save you money. Yep. We reduce the amount of haul offs that you go through. Yeah. And it's, you know, when we first, I, this is a, and we've talked about it before, but one of these, we went to one of these associations and we did, it was a, it was a, a kind of like a get together. Right. So we, it was like our first event as a company. So we popped up a tent and we were like, Oh, we're excited. We're going to be able to get all these people that are here. We're gonna get them all customers. And the first guy came up and he looked at me and he goes, what do y'all do? And explained it, you know, the best of my knowledge at that time, he looks at me, he goes, y'all will be gone in a year. <laughs> I went, that's a great start. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> and I think, you know, like the vote of confidence. Oh, it was a great vote of confidence from that guy. We appreciated it a lot. Um, and so to his defense, though, when we tell people what we do, the first thought is always. I don't see like where money savings is in that. Yeah, they think it's an additional expense just to smash trash. And of course, it's the our number one thing that we hate being told is we don't have room in the budget for this because what it is and you're talking about you're taking money away that should have been going into that dumpster. So the money that you pay us, our service is not extra. It's money that was going to that dumpster anyway. So you should automatically look at our service and go, if I can save money on money that was already going to be spent, already allocated towards dumpsters, why would I not try it? You know? And that was our thought when we first came in, 
But like you said, we had to build up a reputation and things like this. But once we built these reputation and once we kind of started to see numbers, because like we said, we didn't come in with any numbers. We didn't know what it was going to say. We didn't know the percentages. Every data point that we have now has been done through trial and it's been done through long term relationships with these customers. And now that we've gotten to almost two years, we're starting to see annual savings. And the customers talking. are coming to us with these numbers. We're not created for them. I was about to say, how, do you, how are you getting these numbers? So they are taking what they were used to spending every month or every year, <laughs> mm-hmm. comparing it to what they have been spending over the past year or several months and going, wow, this is a 30% reduction in, in waste. Like you just saved me $80,000. We're like, great. What are you going to do with that now? You can uh, employee, like a new employer. You're going to, you know, bonuses for you guys. Like we're happy that we're able to put that money back into your business and do what you want with it. So that's how we're getting those numbers. They're coming to us and showing us very happy, very excited. Like, thank you guys. Like this is what y'all are doing. And we're going, thank you. We need that. So we can go sell it to other people. (laughs) Can we have your numbers? Do that. Yeah. So it's been, and when we, when we started, we were like, yeah, we'll save. And cause when you start looking at it per dumpster and you're not looking at it long-term, you're going, okay, you can save hundred dollars here, $200 there. You save a haul off. Well, haul offs in Baton Rouge. When we talk to people in other States, we have one of the, the, highest haul rates when it comes to dumpsters we people spend on average somewhere between 500 to 800 on their hauls that can get really expensive in a budget so when you start looking at the yearly numbers for these companies you're talking about thousands of dollars that are saved to one company we we save like josh said eighty thousand for another company we could save them up to three hundred thousand just depending on what it is and the material that's inside that can and so now that we actually have these data points we're able to go to customers and go hey this is what we think we can save you. This is what we have a calculator now. We're able to kind of roll through, give you a good projection, and it'll tell you what you're going to save per month. It'll tell you what you'll save over the course of a year. And it all is dependent on getting, like what he said, we can pack down the dumpsters to eliminate the amount of hauls that you go through with your company. And ultimately, it saves on that waste budget. We had to learn the ratios and everything up front. Mm-hmm. Like we had, again, we had a general idea of what we could do for people. And it was just basically our customers were able to reinforce that for us by giving us kind of their analysis of it Mm -hmm. so walk me through this calculator i'm intrigued by that Mm -hmm. how does that work calculator was built just literally us trying to figure out how many compactions can we do on a dumpster how many compactions Mm -hmm. does it take to give you the reduction in volume that we're that we need you to be at and so we figured that out and basically for every one dumpster that you have if we can compact it twice then we will be able to reduce your volume by 50%. So a good 50%. So that, so basically if you're a company and you're normally going through one dumpster a week, you're at four dumpsters a month. Mm -hmm. That's what you've been doing for the last however many years you've been in business. If we can compact a dumpster two times, we'll get you from four dumpsters down to two dumpsters. So now you're only spending money on two dumpsters and then you pay us four compactions, right? Two per dumpster. Yeah. Four Mm -hmm. compactions. Right. And basically the math is, the money you spend on those two dumpsters plus our compaction fees mm-hmm. should be 25 to 30% less than what you were paying for the four dumpsters in that month. Yep. Okay. So yep. that's how the calculator is. It's just a way that we, we would go to a customer and be like, what, what's your trash habits? What is the volume that you're going through? Um, great. I know that I can get you to 50% based off of these compactions mm-hmm. and I spell it all out in the calculator and it it's real math. 
This episode is proudly presented by Gage. Gage is a local company here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. For over 40 years, Gage has provided businesses with the very best telecommunications, IT, and standby power services available. Gage has a variety of services, including Gage Cloud Voice. It is the last phone system your business will ever need. You need to give your business the ability to be accessible anytime, anywhere, and with Gage's cloud-based phone system, you'll be able to accomplish just that. Not only do they have Gage Cloud Voice, they have fully managed IT services that are proactive network monitoring, 24-7-365, help desk, business, content, Continuity, they are there for you. What you're also going to need is some cybersecurity. Gage is there to safeguard your business from potential cyber threats, even when you aren't aware they exist. Gage also is power and leaders in standby generators. They are the number one Cummins dealer on the Gulf Coast and provide generators to homes and businesses of any size so you can keep life going. Gage, better connected, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. Now, the variables are like, you know, what type of trash is in there. Yeah. Um, you can't compact a whole bunch of refrigerators. Actually, actually you can. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, oh dude, we can yeah. get some okay. stuff. Well, we let's finish the calculator. <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll get into yeah, the yeah, items. We'll tell you some fun yeah, stuff I'm that pretty intrigued now. The time. So there's a few variables. Obviously, <laughs> if you are one of the customers spending $1,000 on a dumpster, which we do have a customer doing that, their savings is like, ridiculous because we are reducing and they showed us we reduce their volume by 50 percent but because of our fees they stayed the same as what they always are his savings are like i think it was over around 50 percent if not more absolutely it's like it is massive for him mm-hmm. for a customer that has 400 swaps they're still saving maybe it's a little bit less but the calculator is our way of showing that assuming these variables are true this is the hard math of like exactly what is going to happen what your mm-hmm. estimated savings will be and then depending so, on what it is for that person. So let's say it's because we've got route options, right? We've got bi-weeklies. We've got weeklies. We've had these things called SW packages that are for contractors. So because contractors, they're doing bins here. They're doing a bin there. They've got one over there. So it just doesn't make sense to put that dumpster on a route, which is the thing we had to consistent, learn. Yeah. yeah. So it, it let's say you got one truck now, right? We so, got two. Oh, you got two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Started with two. Um, and so anyway, so with that, when we send them that calculator, the money that they're going to pay for our service, depending on the route, is in there. So when we're saying 30%, that is including, including our Including your fees. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. So that's including our market. fees. So that's where the that's where the savings comes in. And like he said, man, you've got guys now where one of the companies that we're working with, they're now able to pay the guy inside of their facility to move the dumpsters for them with the money they're saving by using us. So their whole waste budget has now been reduced and they're paying for the guy who's hauling the dumpsters all through the money that we're saving them. We've had a few customers, they're more they're more national customers that they've been using us like presenting us in some of their uh, I don't know different corporate presentations mm-hmm. and stuff like, like you, a, a as to, like a model of like what have you been doing for your company that's mm-hmm. you know changing some things. Like I think 3 of our customers have done that now. Yep. One guy I think was in like the final 5 or final 3 mm-hmm. contestants for some major I don't know, winnings, whatever he would have won. But it was a it's a it's a massive alcohol distributor and they have branches all over the country. We did this, they do a they do a yearly meeting in Miami, and in that meeting they are they're able to get a few of the managers to come in and present what is it that you're doing to help save the company. This guy got in the top three. Wow. For just presenting 
our company, a PowerPoint that does what we do through the numbers that he saved top three throughout the country with his, with the managers. And he was able to get an award. He got some, got some, I'm sure some monetary value, whatever it was. And he would, he called me and he was like, man, this is amazing. And then he has a guy for him that did the same thing with another national company. It just little by little. And that's the thing. Waste has been the same way for the last hundred years. It's not changed, right? You have you trash. always have waste. Always. You got to get rid of it somehow. Got you get a to. box. Got so to get a box. And so here's the dumpster, fill it up when it's full mm-hmm. to the top, get it out. You're, you're throwing away, you're getting dumpsters hauled and they're 50% full, but just because the materials are bulkier, it's lighter. It just fills up insulation or something, just airspace. It's just not the tonnage that it needs to be at. And so what we try to do is just maximize the value that that dumpster is worth. We want to try to get you to pull more than $500 worth of trash, which is what that box costs. Mm -hmm. So if you can get a box that's worth 500 bucks, but you're putting $750 worth of trash in it, you're saving money. So anyway, that's the concept. <laughs> so I'm curious, first question being, what? so what are some no's y'all are hearing from customers? Mm. Why are they telling you no? Mm. Um, it kind of ranges. We'll just get a no <clears throat> for no reason whatsoever. Just like, I <laughs> mean, <laughs> uh, we'll catch back. Um, we get no's because it's like, we just don't have this money in the budget, in which case we obviously try mm. to, like, I don't know, it's just, it blows it our mind. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is trying to change a person's behavior is really tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, people get so used to just like doing the things they've, they've figured out their rhythm, right? The rhythm is like, they go, I just, I just call my dumpster company and they just come pick it up. Well, like, yeah, I know, like I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to get somebody to introduce a new concept to them, um, it's tough. It's not easy to get somebody to change their normal everyday routine. And I get that. So that's kind of, for me, been the hardest part. It's like, how do I, you know, obviously I got to tell you and show you that it's going to save you money, but then I have to like provoke your change in behavior. Um, and so that's been a little bit hard for me, but I think for me, the overall nose is just like, they just don't want, they, don't, they have so much on their plate, mm-hmm. which we all do. Everybody has so much on their plate. Right. They don't want to be talked to by another salesman trying to push a new product or service. Like they're just, they're tired. So the nose come from just a general, like, dude, I'm, I'm, like leave me alone a little bit. Like I'm tired. I'll come mm-hmm. back to you. And that's for the most part been the most no's I've right. heard. It's kind of from that, I don't know, side of things. I agree. Cause with most people you could go into a building and say, I do roofing. They know. So they're going to go, okay, give me your key points on why your business is better than this business. For our business, we need at least five minutes of your time because we're introducing a new concept. We're the if first people to explain it to them. We have to educate. Yeah. You got to educate because like I said, dumpsters have been done the same way for a hundred years. So now I'm trying to introduce a new concept and they're going, I, it's not going to work. Like I just call my company, pick it up. Give me a minute. Man. Just give me, give me five minutes. I can tell you, I can bring the truck to you. We'll get it done. I mean, do for the first three months, four months, five months that we were in this company, we were every Friday, we were lined up and we were just going to businesses and backing up to dumpsters. Hey, we're here. Want to show you real quick? Either get out of here. Okay, great. If you tell me to get out of here, we're going to hit your dumpster and then we're going to send you a before and after. And I'll find your email somewhere and we'll send it to you. Other than that, it's like, hey, we'll go out there. We'll go see it. But it was a lot. Man, we had to build a lot, a lot of thick skin in the beginning. You'll have one customer who is like, absolutely, this makes sense. I don't even need to see a demo. I get it. Mm-hmm. Where do I sign? And then his next door neighbor, it'll take them a year before they like even give us a chance. Yep. It's just, it blows my mind how people are different and how they perceive us. And 
I think, I mean, that's just with everything. It's not just us, right? It's just crazy to try to figure out different people's mindsets, how they think, mm-hmm. what gets somebody to react and purchase. And it's, it's kind of fun. Um, fun. Yeah. And I think that math part is like the biggest factor for most. So that's where, math. that's, that's what led into this working genius test that we took is I'm a logical thinker. Very, right. very logical. Mm-hmm. If you show me numbers, like I don't care. You have to show me the numbers and explain how this works. And if I, if it logically makes sense, I'll do it. I understand it. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of created this calculator to go to people and just be like, here is the hard math. Do this. And some people absolutely make sense. But then I realized like there are emotional buyers out there. There are people who respond to more of an emotional type of uh, connection, selling point, whatever it is. And so I can go to somebody with a calculator all day long, but if they're an emotional buyer, it just doesn't register the same way. Mm-hmm. And so that had us kind of thinking and we were like, dude, I wonder like how are, you know, he's more emotional. Mm-hmm. I'm more logical. And it's like, are we, how different are we? How can we, um, sell? How can we approach different customers and be strategic about it? Like, I know yeah. that if I go to a warehouse manager or a CEO, CFO or whatever, I can bring all the data points and everything that's in my head and I can talk to them and they'll get it. But if I'm talking to somebody that's more of an emotional buyer, I'm like, Hey, Peyton, like you got to go talk to this guy. <laughs> yeah. It's so y'all both go together and it's like, sometimes let's, let's figure out times, this, yeah. who this person is first. Like, all right. Yeah. We figure yep, out yep, who's like going to stay him, in the truck, tap, like kick yep. him in the leg. Go. Yeah, who's going to stay in the truck one. and do the demo and who's going to get out and go that's talk to this point. person. Yeah. And then we just kind of, we're just trying that approach right now and just mm-hmm. seeing, cause I mean, pe- pe- some people are just relational. If they feel like they trust you, if they can build a relationship with you, they'll purchase, they'll buy the service and it has nothing to do with like, the data points that I showed him. It's like, I trust this person. Yeah. I like Peyton. He was a relation. Like I trust him. And, uh, so I don't know, we're just trying to apply that in different ways and, and figure all that out. But yeah, it blows my mind that you'll sit here and buy it and he won't. And we're trying to like, why, what do we need to do differently? Right. Yeah. It's, I don't know a word for it. It's not fun, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating to think about people's buying habits and all the factors that go into them. You know, yep. very logical or very emotional. People buy differently yep. for every type of product. Yep. So on the flip side, when the stuff is compacted, you're reducing the overall space it's taking up, but mm-hmm. the weight and everything remains the same. Yep. How does that play out in the long term of doing two packs on one dumpster? What added weight is there and mm-hmm. how also have question. the dumpster companies I was waiting and, for that. And <laughs> coming back at yeah. you saying, man, you're cutting into our profit now. 100%. You know, like we we loved yeah. all those builders that would stack the two by four as like little burn piles oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. never smash them down. And now you're smashing them down. Yeah. So I want to I want to tackle the first part of this just for uh, I don't know who all listens to this, who's involved. Not every hauling company is the same. So I'm going to speak very just general. For the most part, and again, I I dealt with this, right? I purchased dumpsters and, and dealt with this. For a lot of companies, it is you have a fixed rate for this dumpster, mm-hmm. and it includes up to three to four tons. Yep. Knowing good and well that we that my trash was never going to get to that four ton limit. It's always probably going to be around one ton or so. So when we compact it, we do increase the tonnage that's in a dumpster. But for the most part, we still aren't going to get you to that max tonnage limit that is in your fixed rate or is in my fixed mm-hmm. rate. 
So we ba- that's kind of a selling point. It's like, we're right. like, hey, you're already paying for this max amount of tonnage. Let me try to help you get there. Let me get you to four tons. You're already right. paying for it. It's already in- included in your fixed rate. Um, and really the other selling point is like, even if we do put you over, you do have to pay for the overage. But I think it's like $50 a ton that you have to pay for every ton over your, your limit. Mm-hmm. Um, so our point is like, okay, cool. We just put you one ton over. Is that still cheaper than having to go buy a whole new roll-off dumpster? And right, answer is yes. Right. Oh, maybe I'm not 30% uh, cost savings. Maybe it's 20, 19, whatever. But it's still cheaper doing it that route. Mm. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days. But I promise you, signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux, you won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves, where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out. Our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center and tell them Patty G sent you. Mm -hmm. So I'll let Peyton answer or start the yeah, we love our haulers. We love you guys. Because at we the end need of the day, you. it's people are just trying to protect their business the same way that you would do if yeah, somebody was trying to interview it. the same guest you're interviewing in your world with CPA. Like you, you get it. There, there's there is competition in the market. Everybody's just trying to protect their business. Um, I think haulers at first when we first got to the market, it was get out of here. What are you doing? We got. A lot of emails, really fun, notarized emails. Uh, I'm sure y'all got a lot of correspondence right out the gate. off the gate. Yeah. And um, some tough conversations at first, you know, people calling us, uh, different different haulers calling us. And uh, some were kind about telling us to get out. Some were not so kind about telling us to get out. Right. And, um, you know, we've we've always approached the hauler in terms of a partnership at first. Yeah. Always. We've never tried to just... Oh, this guy told me that I'm ready to get out, like whatever. What we tell them is, hey, we're working with the same customers you're working with. And they're seeing that there is money savings in this. So what's happening is the veil's kind of being torn on the amount of money that's actually made on dumpsters. And it's not a bad thing. It's just the way it's been. So now there's a new product that comes in. You're saving your customers money. Well, what this does is customer retention. The same customers we've had from month one are still with us today after two years. And we've not had a lot of drop off with our customers. We continue to retain because we're trying to help them. So our conversation with the hauler is, look, you may not get as many hauls, but what if you get more? What if you get more customers? What if you tap into our customer base, work with us, and then we can maybe introduce you to, you know, different customers? Absolutely. And so just through relationships, man, we... Like Josh was saying, we have multiple national accounts that we that we work and we're not able to hit all their accounts, but we're able to service the ones in this area really well. And if they need something else, we'll help them. But for the most part, those customers are there. But that does that excludes also. We didn't even talk about it yet, but we do LSU's move in and move out. And they've changed their entire structure of that because of what we're able to do. It makes the campus pretty for them. It's the organizational thing. Absolutely. They, when people are coming to the campus for the first time or leaving when they're moving out, 
there's always a dumpster that you can throw trash into. But when we first got started in this, he took a picture because his sister-in-law was moving in. There were boxes all up against the wall. You could barely the see the dumpster. There were so many boxes covering. Absolutely. And so what kind of image does that give off? And it's not the hauler's fault. There's just so much traffic going on that they can't right. get there and go haul. And the landfills are closed over the weekend. So you can't get the dumpster hauled. So what do they do? They just pack, they stack up boxes until you literally can't see the dumpster anymore. And then that just is kind of an eyesore. So now when we came in and we're able to compact and get this through and we were able to weave through traffic because our trucks are a little bit more mobile than a haul truck. It's not as big, not as heavy. And we're able to get in, get out in about five minutes. That's how long the service takes. So with that, LSU has now said, hey, you're our guys. Every move in, every move out, that's been huge. And that helped us kind of see. And then also there's a dumpster company that does service LSU on those move-in days. Now, they don't want us to go to the other customers, but they're okay with using us for LSU because it makes them look good. So that's kind of been our relationship with haulers is we want to help. And we know what we're doing is inevitable. It is coming. It is already in all of the 50 states. It will be more. And this will, it's already happening in Europe. They've been doing it, like I said, for the last 20 years, maybe more than that. It's coming here because it does, it does help with CO2 emissions. It does help with the amount of times that those big trucks are on the road. It helps with logistics and it helps save that customer money. And if you can show somebody that you're trying to actively save them money, it's a big customer relationship point. So that's been our conversation. Now, nobody's taken us up on it yet. If you're out there, <laughs> hello, we're here. I do want to say, so to kind of go back to your point, like the number one thing that a hauling company will claim is they play that, well, you're damaging my dumpster car. That's, well, that's yeah. my, so I was that about is, to fall into that question. Of course. That is, uh, that is what everyone's saying. Um, and the few times that we've had people call us, I go, hey, buddy, send me a picture. Like if we've done it, if, if we actually damage your dumpster, we'll fix it. Mm-hmm. Send us a picture. We don't get any pictures. Mm-hmm. We talked to a hauler that has sold his business uh, in Louisiana, sold his business. So he's no longer hauling. And he told us point blank. He said, yes, I told everybody to stop that you were damaging my dumpster. But I knew that y'all were not really damaging my dumpster. Y'all were taking away my my profit. You're taking my hauls away. He told us that point blank. And we knew that. That's what you're doing. You're. If yes. you're pitching savings on one end, you're pitching money exactly. lost on the other. And Absolutely. we get it. We get it that it's upsetting. I understand. But the only play they have is you're damaging our dumpster. And we're not. Like the truck is specifically designed to be inside of that dumpster. Now, granted, it takes some operational competence to not just be a fool and, and just smoke the dumpster or whatever. But like it's designed to protect the dumpster. Um, we're not tearing holes in anything. Uh, we're not blowing out the sidewalls is what people want to try to say. Like we're not. And if we do show us and we'll pay for it. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about the other thing I wanted to say is like, if you look at a dumpster, there might be a look at all the holes in that thing. Like people are still compacting the trash, right? Contractors, they have mm-hmm. excavators, skid steers, forklifts on site. That's way more damaging. I imagine they're already it's doing it. Hydraulics. And the hauling companies aren't saying anything to them. And there's holes all over the place. There's busted gates. There's, yeah, straight hydraulic power trying to push down. Um, I'll say one thing about our truck is like we typically, we rely on the weight of the drum and the teeth of the barrel to do the compaction, not just pure hydraulic pressure Mm -hmm. um, to go down. So anyways, yeah, that is the number one thing that we get from them. They don't like us and we get it. We're hoping that we can form a relationship with with a hauler. Um, But for right now, it's just kind of a, a, a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, or worst case scenario, you just, you know, backward integrate. Yeah, you start providing dumpster services to these well, customers. Well, it's <laughs> a uh, very serious 
topic at the moment. Yeah. yeah. And I think, too, going back to what Josh is saying, because the number one, the reason that everybody thinks it damages the containers, because when you look at the truck, it looks intimidating. Yeah, it looks right? like the spikes it's going to destroy back. it. Yeah. Right. It looks like it's just for built for destruction. 100%. And that was kind of mm-hmm. what I was saying when we were looking at the franchise. These franchises don't have guards. The truck that we got has a guard, and that guard sits four and a quarter inches. The spike sits <clears> three and a half inches. So that guard is a smooth metal rim. And when it gets on, because we know, and we're not running up against the sides of these dumpsters. Right. So it's going and it can rotate that dumpster and it's not going to do anything to that dumpster. But that spike is just going to continue to shred that trash. Like you said, you thought it was a grump, uh, a, a stump grinder. Stump grinder. Yeah. Yep. Kind of the same concept, right? But the thing too with uh, trucks that use hydraulics, like an excavator, a forklift, anything like that, what they do is when they push down trash, that trash goes to the sides, because of the hydraulics, because that right. thing's just going to push down, right? Eh, I don't care. So they're going to push down, and that trash pushes out to the side. And you can talk to any contractor. They'll tell you what they they know what I'm saying when I say a sidewall blowout. That means that that trash was pushed down, and it busted those walls. When we compact with the way those teeth go, it pushes the trash long ways. So it's working with the strength of the dumpster, and we're not using hydraulics. It's only that, like he said in the beginning, it's three tons. So that three tons is the only amount of pressure we're putting on that dumpster. And those dumpsters can hold over 10 tons of pressure. That's what they're designed to do. Right. So we're not doing anything to destroy that dumpster. If anything, we are very cognizant and we keep a recording videos of every smash that we do, every, I should say squash, every squash that we do to get through. And if there's ever a question, we've gotten them. Hey, you're damn, tell me, we've got video recordings. Please let me know. Holler at me. Please. You got like a GoPro on the, on the boom going down into the. Mm-hmm. it's a it is yeah that's that's basically how the truck works so we we do all the operations from inside the cab and we have a split screen camera and so yeah you never get out of the cab never we don't have to no nope no that's why it only takes five minutes man yeah. that makes a lot of so sense there's a camera yes. bird's eye view put yeah. it in park and do yep. the machine Up operations the we can we can see and make sure that we're not hitting the dumpster and we can also make sure that we're not throwing any trash over the side of the dumpster uh we can see all that so um yeah you don't have to leave the, the cab nope. so what are so we we kind of touched on the boats and such what are some of the coolest things y'all have actually squashed we have squashed a boat um the was, guy <laughs> he literally um it was right by one of the exxon plants in, in north baton rouge but he had hooked up a boat to a tree took it off his trailer and just and just floored it and just pulled that boat <laughs> off right next to the dumpster it's like a community dumpster uh, it's, yeah. it's meant for people to throw their stuff away and he just said well this is good enough good i'm gonna enough. sit this thing right next to the dumpster uh-huh. um and it was just an old boat but they had a little forklift, was able to get it inside the dumpster. And mm-hmm. we got there and we went, hey, we have no idea. Let's, we'll find good out. content, if anything else. And it did. It shredded. It they crushed put a car it. It took some work. But that. Yeah, they put a car on too. Car. You crushed a car? Yeah. Now, it was like a fire damage. It was. Busted up thing. But yeah, it was one of those abandoned cars. But it was, we crushed it. It did well. Ripped up the top, ripped up the seats, did everything that it was supposed to do. Uh, we have crushed. So for LSU, they were during the turns. They were getting new washing machines. Mm-hmm. We crushed. I couldn't tell you how many washing machines. Could not tell you. I mean, just hundreds of them in this dumpster. Crushed them. Refrigerators, um, furniture, a lot of furniture. Furniture, yeah. Any type of. We do something. We we work with a government agency here in Baton Rouge where they do kind of abandoned office buildings, things like that. They get all the uh, like desk, chairs, tables, all that stuff. They put in these dumpsters, and we go out there. They got three dumpsters lined up, and we hit them. Two times a week. Yeah. So these guys are perfect examples. Like they, they'd have nothing but bulky trash and mm-hmm. they, they were just rolling through dumpsters and we're in there just crushing this stuff. And they're yeah. like, 
we're the greatest thing to them. So you're saying that now you're saving taxpayer dollars? Try to. <laughs> oh, can I add that to my check box? Yeah, let's, do that. let's make sure we hey, use <laughs> We should Man, I didn't think about you that. Have a, be- a better usage of taxpayer dollars? That'll be on our website tomorrow. Oh, man. It'll be there. It'll you be there. You saved tax nice. dollars. That's what, thank you. Thank you. Um, but then, Quick like, date. for instance, like, you'll see if you go by all these companies and stuff, you'll see one of the biggest things is, like, pallets. Pallets oh, yeah. lined up, stacked up high, which is pretty dangerous regardless. With normally in a 30-yard dumpster, and I, we've, we've done this test, you can fill it up with about 50 pallets. Okay. When we compact a dumpster, and we've we've done this, we do hourly rates do for hourly customers job, that need yeah. it. Um, we were able to fit 150 pallets into a single dumpster. So three times as many. Three mm-hmm. times as many because pallets, they're bulky, but they're not real heavy, and they shred really, really well. So, I mean, we just had a guy on a forklift just sitting there with stacks of pallets, just loading it in as we're going. I mean, you talk tubs, fiberglass tubs, dude, you can fit a thousand fiberglass tubs. Yeah, typically you fit like six of those fiberglass tubs in there. And granted, these are, you know, plumbing places or whatever. Right. Um, and then, yeah, we just sit there and crush all day long. And it's like, crush. I mean, I don't know, 10x the amount that they normally would fit in there. Yep. So, it's yep. It, we've, we've figured out different... Um, services that we can provide people. And again, it just goes back to what I said earlier. It's just understanding our customer, understanding what their needs are, and just trying to figure out if our simple little concept can help solve their pain points, their needs. That's it. That's it. It's kind of opened the door to a few different types of services, but Thank you so very much to Currency Bank, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. If you're looking for a business bank that fosters on three core values, relationships, service, and technology, Currency Bank is the place for you. They pride themselves on convenient, accessible, and secure online banking resources where you can manage your account balances, initiate transfers, enroll with e-statements, and more via their online portal. Between the relationships, the service, and the technology, they are going to be that partner with your business every step of the way, regardless of what you need. Currency Bank is the bank for business owners. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else have we crushed? Um, has there milk, anything? A bunch of spoiled milk. Crush. We cannot touch That's like red iron, like heavy red iron steel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Concrete. I'm not going to shred up concrete. Which that also goes <laughs> to the fact of not trying to put them over tonnage. Right. right. So that's a good point. We'll look in the, yeah, if we see that there's concrete or something in there, we're like, mm-hmm. hey, buddy, like you really don't need this crush because you're going to be exceeding your limit. But concrete, red iron steel, um, asphalt shingles, I, that's already super compacted. I can't do anything with that. We I have a fun, funny story. We got a call. This was pretty early on. We got a call to go out to a cricket farm um, across the river. Yep. So, I know who that is. Okay. So I we got a call exactly to go out who there. That is. And we were excited. We we're like, yeah, man, we're going to go do this. Uh, Again, this is early on. We're not really sure what we can't or can do. Mm-hmm. And so the guy's telling us, he's like, I just have a ton of these crates, uh, these, these rubber type crates that I need to get rid of. I have thousands of them. If y'all can crush this, like, you've got a job. And we're excited. We're like, dude, this is going to yeah, be big for great. us. Um, we get there and basically to, to try to give context, it looks like one of those Rubbermaid um, containers that uh-huh. you would store stuff in, put it in your attic. It looks like that. But these things have been in the sun for like over 10 years. And I, I don't know if the sun changed the chemical chemistry of the, I don't know what happened, but they threw these things in there and our barrel just bounced off of it <laughs> like a rubber tire. Thing, basically. We could not do a thing with it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And so we were like, oh, well, let's try this. Like, let's spread these out. Let's uh-huh. do this. Peyton's in the dumpster, like moving stuff uh-huh. around. I'm in the dumpster trying to, like, we don't want to leave. We're like, this is not, these, these crates are not going to beat us. Like we have a right. three ton barrel with teeth on it. We're going to, we're going to figure yeah. this out. You're going to squash this. We could not 
touch Couldn't it. Touch it. Not it would chance. not budge. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but we basically just like said, "Hey, sorry, you, you still have tail, thousands man. of these. We can't help you." And yeah, yeah tough that, was tail pretty, run, that was a pretty embarrassing one. But we've had a few of them. We've had some fun. ones that truck got stuck. Um, yeah, different things like that. Day. Different areas, man, because you're just trying to run into different spots. Have to be super cognizant of uh, overhead wires, things like that. Um, but we've 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 probably crushed every type of material there is at this point. It's been a lot different different places sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but that's why we offer the free demo we want to do a free demo because we need to see how it's going to work because then it helps us with our you, numbers you want to make sure it works yeah absolutely we don't want people to chart we we never want it to go like what they're saying we'd never want it to go above that budget if we keep it within that budget we can help you yeah so. and then over time you know we can't do rubber made box correct yeah. especially yeah. if you've been you, out you build up a list years. yeah you yep. build up you build a, list a list of items you can't touch absolutely so then immediately you can say hey send us a cust- send us a photo of your dumpster you can yep. immediately say yeah we can help you or no we can't exactly right yeah. exactly right um yeah that's that's pretty much it but we do an hourly i'll be there tomorrow we do uh like those 50 gallon drums metal containers we will shred those things all day. all day long. So those are some metals that will work, lighter metals. But like he's saying, red iron, concrete. And if they put sand and stuff in there, we do not like that. Because you can't they, they touch come sand. Talk, no, they, come, they come talk to us. Our dumpster's overweight. You put a ton of sand in there. I, I don't. I can't <laughs> yeah. help you with that. That's that's not me. That was y'all. So that's that's been some conversation. And it is working with different people, Try especially like contractors. You got to work with them to try to figure out like, hey, Trying to make this useful for you. I don't want this to put you way over budget. We need to we need to figure some things out. So we we've we've worked with some people on that and tried to figure out better. Because at the end of the day, like our mission statement is that we just want to provide a valuable waste solution to our customers. So whatever that is, whether it is you know we can compact down these pallets, or hey, we're not able to do this red iron, but maybe look into a maybe do EMR. Use use modern metals. Get this out there. A lot of people just don't know the different options with waste. And so just trying to educate and help them understand because it's what we do all day. Nobody else really focuses on trash all day except for people in trash. Right. And so we've we've got a little bit of expertise in trash now. So we kind of understand. We can spot a dumpster from a long way away. (laughs) We we drive around to that warehouse. There's two of those bad boys back there. And we pass them. It's bad. Check this out. (laughs) You'll go out of town and we'll be looking. You're you're looking at dumpsters. Uh, (laughs) Friends are like, what are you doing? I mean, that's all we. uh, They're like, no, there's not. So our our selling problem, I mean, we just door knocked. That's basically how we started this thing. Just Mm -hmm. door knocking and. And, well, you, um, you got to have a proof of concept there, right? So people have to see it work in action. Otherwise, they're not going to believe you. Oh, it's not going to save me money. Exactly. They still right. do. Yeah, we're still in that phase of just definitely have to, have phase. to prove it. Um, so y'all, y'all been in business for roughly two years, right? Mm-hmm. Coming up on your second year anniversary. Um, what are three lessons y'all have learned throughout building this brand? Hmm. I would say going back to the with the hauler thing, too. Don't be with us. I'm talking about not the hauler. Don't be so reactionary because it's not personal. That goes with sales. That goes with anything. I think like Josh said, I tend to be pretty emotional so I could get really fired up on things and understanding that there is a, there's another side to the story. If they are saying no in any capacity, understanding like what that no actually is and taking the time to learn it and not, because I think sometimes in sales, People can get to a place where it's like, I'll oh, forget that customer. That guy, that, that guy's dumb. That, that 
It's like, no, they're not. Maybe you just didn't explain it the right way and you didn't have you your didn't ear at the right time or time. whatever. Yeah. You, maybe, yeah. Maybe the timing just wasn't right because people come back eventually if you don't cuss them out when you're trying to leave, like <laughs> they'll come back. Yeah. Um, so I would say for me, that's, that's definitely one lesson. What about you, Josh? Understanding the art of consistency mm-hmm. has been huge. Um, you know, because we're juggling so many different things, a lot of times we will kind of get a little traction on a specific, I don't know, subject, maybe it's sales or whatever. We get a little traction and we, we kind of put that on the side and hope that it continues to do its thing while we go focus on, I don't know, getting a better insurance rate or something. Like we, mm-hmm. we constantly have to juggle things, but understanding that you have to figure out how to be consistent in every area. You have to consistently be on top of your tax strategy you have to consistently be on top of selling consistently be on top of marketing obviously marketing is a huge thing mm-hmm. um consistently be on top of keeping up with your current customers um making sure that they're satisfied and good and keeping that relationship i mean just consistency is tough to do whenever you're kind of balls to the wall juggling so many different things probably shouldn't use those two words in the same uh it's authentic. Uh, yeah authentic. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, consistency has been a big lesson. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know that, right? You start a business or you think you're in, like, you understand that's probably a key thing. Um, like so many things, you understand concepts when you get into business, but then you really get into the, to the meat and potatoes of it, as mm-hmm. people say. And you're like, oh, I understand this at such a different level now yeah. and how important it is. And you figure out how to apply it in different ways. So I guess, yeah, that's that for me. It's just been. And then I would say the last thing, and it's very simple, but you, I'm sure with, and I know you do some networking and things like that. Just do the things you say you're actually going to do and do them quickly. Because I think sometimes you can talk to people and just, they'll go, oh man, I'm gonna get you with this person. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. And then like, they won't answer your phone call anymore. And it's like, okay, so if I, for instance, last night I ran into a lady at one of the power breakfasts and she was asking about our hats and trying to figure it out. And I was like, oh, I'll send you the company that I use and I'll tell whatever. Well, it was 8.30 last night, and I went, oh, I did not do that. So I had my laptop. I just popped it in there, sent it out. It's just the little things that you say, and it could go to just minute things where you're talking with your friends. Oh, hey, I'll look at these Airbnbs for this vacation. Like, whatever it is, just do it. Do it. Just do If you said it, just do it. Don't and, overpromise. Yeah, don't just do what you say you're going to do and be consistent with it, That's and it. people will appreciate that so much more than Absolutely. overpromising. And Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. And just be able to, when you don't, like if you fall short, don't text, don't e- call that person or go see them and say, Hey, I, I messed up. This is what happened. So, and so whatever it just, it eliminates a lot of the arguing and a lot of the conflict that can be, it can be so easily avoided by just going, Hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. That was wrong. And I think that goes to a lot of things. I'm still working on that in my marriage, but trying to figure, <laughs> trying to figure it out, you know, but just, yeah, like doing, doing the things right that, now, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. She knows. Um, it's, yeah. Best, best doing, phrase in a marriage is you were right, dear. You were right, dear. Yeah. <laughs> regardless, regardless of the outcome. Yeah. It's, that's a big thing. So yeah, doing what you say you're going to do. I'd say those are, those are three of our biggest lessons that we've learned kind of along the way. Yeah. Which are all applicable to any business. Or it is. Right, situation. Right. Absolutely. It's just, yeah, business it's a life not, thing. Yeah. You, you have to abide by those in some shape or matter. Yeah, so business is the same across everywhere. It's it, business is the same. It's just, what are you selling? Right. You I mean, you started off in t-shirts up, listen to that. Like you created something and then you were like, okay, I'm going to go into this. 
Well, you realize that the things are the same as far as being at events on time, doing the th- get, being set up, having the work ethic to do it. Maybe the products are different now, but still same <clears> concept. Yeah. So the principles remain the same regardless of what service or product you're providing. Absolutely. So what are something, what is something that y'all did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Mm. I wish I could still do today? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I used to jump off my roof a lot and I can't do that anymore. <laughs> Wait, hold on. TV timeout here. <laughs> on to what? On the ground. I, Wait, like uh, eight, like eight, ten feet in the air? I mean, what? Eight to ten feet, yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? I don't know. What I type love, of childhood love, did you have? Uh, oh the childhood that I had, I'm terrified that my son is going to have it. That, that kind of childhood. Okay. All right. So walk me through this roof jumping. <laughs> I just liked, I loved climbing things. I would climb trees. I would climb any, anything I could climb. Maybe that's why I was a, I was a, oh, in, a salesman or project manager for a roofing company. I love climbing my roof. And I would climb it, and then one day I was like, I think I could jump off this roof right now and be all right. And do like a tuck and roll or just tuck like and roll? Yeah, just jump and tuck and roll. I mean, the first time, I don't know, I probably just landed and you don't get hurt as a kid, right? You just kind of yeah, absorb yeah. it. You, you, it's like it's like the rubber made boxes. Off you just bounce. Roof. That just bounces off of things. Yeah, I, so I would I would climb my roof and I'll just jump, tuck and roll. Then I'd climb a tree and I'd jump out and I'd get, I'd get to a point where I'd see how high I can jump. And then I got to be a teenager and I would jump off, flip off a tree. I was just, I was nuts. And now I look at something that's four feet off the ground. I'm like, this is going to hurt it's when I land. Yeah. Now you're looking at this table in front of us and you're like, I don't know if I can oh, jump oh, off oh, oh, <laughs> my knees. It's such a cliche thing, right? Everybody's like, oh, when you get older, you can't do that. I'm like, Whatever. Yeah, I can. And it's like, <laughs> then you do oh, it. I get it. Like, yeah. it's just a different type of achy pain when you, so, so I can't jump off a roof anymore. That was in but, the front of your brain. Was really yeah, I don't know why that just that popped up. Out. I like vividly yeah. remember, I see the roof and the spot that I would jump off. Authentic. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I guess I did the same, I did, you see the same thing as well. And to your point with the knee situation, yeah. if I change my, my toddler's diaper on the ground and I stand up, both my knees are popping. Dude. And yep. my wife's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And I was like, jumped off too many things. Jumped off too many roofs. Jumped off too many yeah, sorry. Too many trees. Um, I'd say for me to get to give an answer that's yeah, follow that funny, up. dude. Um, I just wish, like as a kid, you know, you were if you said you were going to be something when you grew up, you didn't really care about what other people were saying about it. And I think yeah. in with us starting this, you know, we started off and it was like, oh, y'all are the it's cute. Y'all are starting a business. And now it's, we've, we've grown a little bit and now it's just the, the conversations we have are like, okay, how long is this going to last? Y'all aren't doing this right. This isn't going to happen. And it's just like, man, I don't. And it's, I mean, even that with you with this and not to try to pay you a big compliment, but it is a big compliment. Like to jump into this space, I would imagine the first, cause it, it was six years, right? Or six, uh, six seasons, six seasons. We're starting our fifth year. When you first started this, I would imagine you got what are you? You're just trying to be like every other influence. You're trying to do that, and it's, it's like your time away. you continued down the path that you felt like would bring you the most joy. And I think you know what brings you joy. I think you kind of get in the mix of some other maybe thoughts of people or opinions, and you care kind of. So you start kind of forming yourself into this way that, like for instance, I wore crazy shoes when I was in middle school, and I got bullied for them. Like, and I got them from like a really cool sneaker shop. And I like shoes. I like shoes today. I like sneakers. I like all that stuff. But I remember in like seventh grade, man, I wore them and I got roasted. I did not wear them the second day. I only wore them one day and I love the shoes. And it goes to that with what we're doing now. Like if there's something that we are passionate about and there is something that I love to do, just do it. Like just go do it and just be be committed to it because you know it's going to bring you joy. And you know if 
you're joyful, then you're going to be better to be around with other people. So kind of just following that, I guess that same confidence you had when you were a kid where it's like, I'm, I'm going to wear a tutu to school today. I don't care. <laughs> look, look that's, that's me and floral shirts, man. Yeah. Yes. Like, everybody will make fun of you wearing a floral shirt, but have you ever seen a sad person in a floral shirt? No. No, that's a good. Point. And at a bar, they're coming to you. You're the party guy. Exactly. That's exactly that's right. Good. Point. And it's, I think in one of the uh, build. I could be saying his wrong, his name wrong. Bill Depola. He's with Swamp Dog, and he. We went to one of Kenny Wynn's um, uh, little. What was that thing called? The the he he did these like meetups and i can't i'm sorry if oh, the, the events at 368 the uh, yes yeah i, know I, I can't about. remember the name but he got up there and you know he's very not brash but he's just himself and he got up on the stage and he said you know i am the way that i am because i attract the people that i want in my life and the people who are, who do not like me and are not they go away and he said if i'm passionate enough i will attract those that will follow my culture and the ones that don't they will fall off and I will actually be a better person to the people that love me because I will be myself. And I think that's a big thing with us. And even with this company is just, we're trying to be ourselves and some people may not like it, but the ones that do, they're going to love us for who we are. Cause we do want to kind of, I know we've said it multiple times, but we do want to bring a little authenticity to what we're doing. Cause we, we don't have it all together and we don't ever no, want to yeah. get that across that we try to be that I mean, way. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you're you're compacting trash. It's like this is, this is not. It, while it's a serious business, and it does serve a lot of purposes. You still got to review the P and Ls. You still got to. Like, I mean, all that's part yeah. of it. You know, it's like having somebody in here who was a, he he owns a brewery, mm -hmm. and we were talking. He was like, at the end of the day, we're making beer, man. Like, mm -hmm. you get down to it. Are you really? If you're not in, like, there are businesses that you're like, you know, mm -hmm. doing brain surgery or you're doing some seriously technical stuff. And it's like, at the end of the day, you're compacting trash. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you hold yourself out and you show up in suits and ties, these mm -hmm. businesses, you know, like, I'm here to compact your trash. And I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. Somebody else is coming <laughs> to compact the trash. But if you show up as your authentic self, like, oh yeah, I can see you. you're going to, you're going to do it this. Job. a little trust. Yeah. yeah. Like on step brothers <laughs> when they show up to in the, the tuxedos. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> for the, for the the <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's, that's it, man. That's, that's one of our things is, Definitely just as a kid, I just would like to have that. What would you, what do confidence. you miss as a kid? What would you, uh, he said it, man, he jumps off stuff too. So in line with the jumping off of things, a, a friend of mine who lives out in, uh, the Hammond area, his house connected to a river mm -hmm. and I miss just going down to the river or a lake and just being a kid, whether mm -hmm. it was skipping rocks or jumping off of platforms too tall and shallow water it's it was not all deep enough. the most fun like the it most was like we would allegedly jump four-wheelers on people's property we weren't supposed to be on yep. you know allegedly you know go and mud ride and like all that stuff that you yep. allegedly do it's just it was <laughs> good things to have fun as a kid you, you know trespass dude that's all allegedly miss <laughs> yeah. trespassing yeah and it was always the funnest thing ever like those yeah. simple things all these simple but in your, as a kid you don't think about riding what you're doing yeah. you know i would ride a bike to the little bayou by our house and go fishing that was the funnest thing i yeah, could do exactly like little things like that that's the simplest yeah. of activities now things are like a little bit of a hassle you're like I don't want to go to that restaurant right down the street. My friends, like I gotta get out of the house. It's like, 
Well, <laughs> well, now me. it's <laughs> like I'm sure you're all getting to a, a point relate to this where those videos are coming out on social media where it's like we're two under two, you know, don't talk to us after seven PM or anything. Or it's yeah, like yeah. we can hang out just not during the kids' nap time or the baby's mm-hmm. nap time. It's like that's real. It's like, oh, going to a restaurant is no longer wife and I get in the car, you you get in the car by yourself, it's now we gotta buckle kids in. Yeah. When you sit down, you gotta have conversations like it's it's a it's a scene to do a simple activity now just at the stage of life that i'm at it sounds like we're all kind of in the same area we're very much now you say all that we are if we if we had a theme it's like we're just we're just figuring it out man we both have young kids we're both trying to figure that whole thing out Mm -hmm. we got this business that we're just like (laughs) you're figuring it out golly we just got insurance renewals that smoked us i mean we're figuring it out, man. Yeah, just yeah. figuring it out as we go. <laughs> Smashing trash. That's, that's, that's it. it. Squashing trash. Yes. Squashing trash. Thank you. Thank you. That's a big deal. We got to change our buzzwords. So, uh, what is something y'all love about Baton Rouge? I'll let him. I'll let him go first because he's, Ooh, he's pretty man. passionate about it. Being he's from, saying that being from Homa, right? Here we go. I'm from Homa. Um, I was not passionate about Baton Rouge. I was like his dad, ready to go. Uh, ready to go to Colorado and jump off of those mountains. You know what I mean? Like I was ready to go somewhere where, um, just more of a lifestyle that I kind of wanted. Uh, and I had to really adjust my thinking and, um, just my attitude and, and approach to Baton Rouge because Baton Rouge, it is, it is the place that I I'm in, I'm in Baton Rouge and we just started this business. Like I'm committed to Baton Rouge now. Um, and I believe in it and I really do. And I'm, I'm slowly changing that mindset to be, truly behind it um what do i what do i really love about baton rouge i love south louisiana culture really do love new orleans love homa love baton rouge lafayette like i love that culture um and baton rouge does have like a little bit of a different culture it's not like the homa and the and the acadiana type yeah we don't jump off the roofs (laughs) there still is a culture there still is a um Obviously, around football season, it's just high energy. Everybody's kind of hanging out, getting together for all the different reasons. I mean, I love all that stuff. Um, come back to me on that. You go. You get, you get a little. I think the talent. I think we have a lot of talent pool here. And you think of all the different companies that started here. Now, maybe they haven't stayed here. But you think of the people that come out of LSU. You think of the businesses that start, right? Canes, my that when they first started Canes, they, when he was still in college, they went to my dad for a sign to do the first like Canes logo. And obviously Todd, I mean, Todd Graves has done amazing stuff and like built a business. You think of Brandon Landry. We had John, we went to this power breakfast yesterday and John Inquist is up there talking the same thing that we're talking about now. Like how do we keep the things in Baton Rouge uh, positive? Don't, don't talk negative on it. I think the best thing about Baton Rouge is the people the the amount of people that we have that are good at what they do and could very intelligent maybe they have high iq maybe they have high eq whatever it is the the culture and the hospitality that comes from southern louisiana it translates wherever they go the problem is is how do you how do you keep them here but i think there are some people that are we just talked about kenny Wynn, and i i've never i've not met kenny i've been to his events but I know some people on the staff there and what he's building is keeping people here. He's I think they just got voted like right. one of the best places to work. And I think it's just, there are people who are coming up that are realizing Baton Rouge. It is what you put into it. So if you don't put anything into it and you're just looking to get out, well, man, best of luck to you. But for the people who want to stay, 
this is really a pretty city. And there's a lot of stuff here with convenience factors, although the roads were figuring that out. But the <laughs> convenience factor of things, there's a small town feel. And Baton Rouge isn't too, too small. It's relatively big and it feels small. Everybody knows everybody. I think there's a lot of people here that have a lot to give. And I, I hope that they would stay here for the long term because it's what we've decided to do. Yeah. I mean, that has been the the ethos of this show for mm-hmm. while we got started was to do that exact thing of attain, retaining and attracting people to come stay and live in the state as a whole. Yeah. But, you know, me being based in Baton Rouge, yeah. kind of being the primary focus. Exactly. I have right. a buddy who is uh, he's originally from uh, Wyoming. Uh, he went to school at LSU and he absolutely loves uh, Louisiana, Baton Rouge. And at one point he did. He got married and moved back to Whitefish, Montana. And uh we visited him and it's a beautiful, I mean, that just, that part of the country is unbelievably beautiful. Obviously, if you've been there, you know, um, but he would, they would both, they would always say like, this is great. We love this, but it's just different. Like we don't go and just have dinner with our friends. Like if we hang out with our friends, it's kind of on the trails or something. Right. Um, and they missed it so much. They ended up moving back They're They're actually in Alabama now just because of a job opportunity that he was able to get. But they could not wait to get back down. And they still want to get back to Baton Rouge at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are a prime example. There's just something different about this area. Um, it's a people thing. It doesn't matter where you go. And that's kind of one of the things I told I had to kind of figure out on my own. Like I said, I wanted to get in the mountains. I wanted to be somewhere where the lifestyle, active lifestyle was avail- more available. Um but at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Like if I'm doing this by myself, I'm out on the slopes snowboarding by myself. Like it doesn't matter. It's not sustainable really. Like you got to be where your people are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's been a conscious decision of like Baton Rouge is it. Baton Rouge is where I'm planning it and we're growing this thing and growing my family and I'm excited about it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love it. So what, what can I do to help y'all? I don't know, man. We're going to this patty g patio party we can uh, you're helping us there that's a good time yeah <laughs> it'll be a good time, be sure. time. Yeah. yeah i think for for your help i think one of the things is just in conversation when you do talk to people who may have dumpsters present them this idea hey you ever heard of trash compaction i think for us it's knowing that there are people out there who we've not yet reached that don't know about our service and may not even know still that we our concept exists right getting that concept out and having people think about their trash budgets. Cause you would be shocked at the amount of people that just don't know what their trash budgets are and what they're paying per month, what it is when they start looking at that and realize that those bills are really high. I think having somebody like us come in can be a really big benefit. So for me, just if you see it, see an opportunity to say something about us, please do. Don't say this too. Um, so obviously networking, right? We're educating everybody. We're trying to network, but we talk about this all the time. The way that we want to network is like we want, and it goes kind of with that other question about Baton Rouge is we want to be intertwined with other people's activities and missions and uh, different things. So like if you have an event and like you need help or something like we want to be part of that, we want our networking to be helping other people in whatever they're trying to succeed in. And I think that goes a long way. Um, obviously for what we're trying to do, but it just, it, like, we want to be so intertwined in this community, um, as much as possible for just, like we've just been saying, just growing Baton Rouge, getting it to the point that we all want it to be. Um, and I think the result of that will be more of a networking and kind of growing our business, but that's not the initial goal. And we say like, we want to be part of other people's activities. So yeah, yeah if you have events yeah, coming yeah. up, 
Let us know if other, if your friends have events, opportunities that they need, volunteer, whatever. Uh, yeah. Let us yeah. know. We want to be part of it. <laughs> of course. Yeah, so, I've, got, I've got some people off the top of my head I'm, I want to connect y'all know. with. So yeah, absolutely. Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll chit-chat once we're wrapped up here. But thank you all so much for coming on the show. Appreciate the last-minute time adjustment. Y'all yeah. have helped me tremendously <laughs> in that Good. sense. So thank y'all yeah. so very much for being adaptable wow. and just being what an entrepreneur is, able to jump around and pivot and Flexible. do what you need to do. Flexible. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you having us on, and I know you've worked hard for the audience that you have. So yeah. have us on. We don't, we don't take it lightly. We really appreciate yep. it. Well, thank you all so much for coming and yeah. uh, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, appreciate it. It's very, hopefully, in- inspirational to some folks. And maybe you'll have some people reach out, maybe want to franchise your concept. Come on. Hey, <laughs> hey, please. Hey, we're here. So, thank you. Cell phone number is 22. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to link his cell phone in the, in, the, in the description below and just say call or text for a squash of a time. Yes, please. For a <laughs> time. <laughs> Um, you're not your nightly squash call them yes please <laughs> so thank you all so very much for listening or watching whatever platform you consume this show on i'm very appreciative i know the guests are as well if you need your trash squashed make sure to give sasquatch a call reach out to them let them know you heard them out on the patty g show and they're going to take great care of you ask them for that demo i hear it's pretty exciting <laughs> to watch so thank you all so much we'll be back for the next one